Carolina podcast. Diving, diving deep. Diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. It is the Utopia Football Podcast. We are just a couple hours removed from the Texans opening the season with a 25-9 loss in Baltimore in Week 1. Some good things to come out of the game. The result of the game, though, not one of them. We'll do four stock up, four stock down. But before we do that, general thoughts on the game as we welcome you in. I am Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, still here in the Sports Radio 610 studios. Just finished up the postgame show with Clint Sterner. Pleased, as always, to be joined by my good friend, the Hall of Famer, and our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, 25-9, to 9, the final score. I don't think this was a surprise to either of us. I had 24-10. to 10, You had 31-13. to 13. So the margin was right there in the range that you and I were right in between. What you and I, literally right in between what you and I kind of expected out of this game. Before we get into four stock up and four stock down, what are your, what, what's your biggest takeaway from today's game in Baltimore? On offense, they're going to continue to struggle because of the offensive line running the ball and having time for Stroud to throw. And defense, they improved dramatically in run defense and their pass rush. Even though they gave up those two drives in the third quarter, I feel very good about this defense compared to last season. Okay, so, yeah, the offense is going to struggle. What did you think of D'Amico Ryans? And I don't know if I'm stealing from what you were going to have up in stock up, stock down. What did you think of when it came down to head coaching, either execution as a head coach operationally or decisions that he made during the game? What did you think of D'Amico Ryans in his debut? I didn't like going for it on fourth down and one in their end of the field. You got a rookie quarterback, a rookie play caller, an offensive line that's terrible against a really good defense. And then for Bobby Slowick to have Stroud in the shotgun and trying to throw on fourth and one, that was a disaster. And then the next one, he had uh, had Stroud under center against a line that was just stacked. I thought he should have spread out and then handled to Damian Pierce. But that one failed. First one, they dodged the bullet on Stephen Nelson's diving interception, but the second one led to a touchdown that put the game away. But, you know, coaches learn just like players do. Hopefully he won't be going for it a lot on his side of the field with a rookie quarterback, a rookie play caller, and a terrible offensive line. I didn't mind the decision, John, to be honest with you. I think you're a big underdog on the road. You got to do things that are you got to do things that are, you know, a little a little unconventional. And, uh, you know, I I, I think D'Amico probably knows there's only so many possessions in a game where Lamar Jackson is on the other side. I, I didn't have I, I'm with you. I thought the play calls were lacking, um, but I, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind the aggressiveness of going for it there. And I don't know that next time he's faced with that, he's going to do it any differently as far as as far as deciding whether or not to go for it. I, I think he would do it. I think I think we got a glimpse into what D'Amico Ryans is going to be, and he's going to be aggressive in situations where, let's face it, the last couple coaches the Texans have had have not been overly aggressive in situations like that. If he does it behind this offensive line, he's doomed to repeat those failures. This is one of the worst lines I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. That's early on, one of the worst you've ever seen. Okay. Um, well, let's get into it then. Four stock up, four stock down. Texans lose 25-9 to 
to the uh, to the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Of course, week two, the Texans will be welcoming the Colts here. The Colts lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-21 to today. So both teams coming in next week looking for their first win. If it's like last year's game, neither team will get it, John, because they tied last year in week one. Neither team will get their first win. Um, but as far as this game goes, let's do some four stock up, four stock down for this game. And as always, the honor is yours, General. First of all, I think C.J. Stroud, under the circumstances of being constantly harassed because of the pressure, I thought he did well. No interceptions, didn't throw a touchdown pass. He wouldn't have had a turnover until the injury to George Fant, and then they put Michael Dieter right tackle, and this he gave up a strip sack. And then they put him at left guard where they should have put him because that's where he plays, and moved Josh Jones, who's a natural right tackle, out to the right side. They had to learn the hard way. But like I said, Sean, coaches learn like players. And uh, I thought Stroud acquitted himself very well. He had to throw a lot on the run. He missed some plays, of course, but he showed poise, didn't panic. He didn't throw a lot of balls up. I just, I was, I was impressed enough with C.J. Stroud. Hey, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson all lost by double digits. So I was encouraged. He was the only one out of the three of them that didn't that didn't throw a pick in the game. The other two, Bryce threw two, and Anthony Richardson threw one that led to a touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, I'm with you, John. I think overall, I don't know that I'd put him in a. In, I won't. You've already put him in the stock up category, so you've so so he's already there. But I, I, uh, I thought the best thing about CJ was I think he got he got better as the game went on. You know that that's been sort of the theme with him throughout training camp is he doesn't necessarily repeat mistakes. I think his ability to navigate a muddy pocket and escape trouble and give himself a chance to complete passes downfield is is something that was people questioned it with him coming into the league. How much could he do off schedule because he was rarely off schedule at Ohio State. I've been pleasantly surprised with his ability to escape and move to his left or right and make plays. Um, so I guess the one criticism I would have of C.J. Stroud, other than not scoring any touchdowns, uh, he can't take these sacks, John. Like these, the you can take sacks, but they can't be. Every sack is twelve yards, thirteen yards, eleven yards. He had five sacks for forty-six yards in this game. I know at one point when he had his first three, it was three sacks for 33 yards. John, with this offense, I think you'll agree with this, an 11- or 12-yard sack is almost as bad as a turnover with this offense. Like that, The offense is not I, – I would bet heavy money against this offense getting a first down once it's in second and 22 or third and 21 or whatever. He's got to learn to get rid of the football and have it be second and 10 and not second and 22. Like that first preseason game when he did it, he didn't do it again. I bet he doesn't do it anymore here. But the fact is, when he did, he just was was overwhelmed because he didn't have a chance to even breathe. He's got to learn to just fling it, to the, fling it out of the bounds. Get out of the tackle box and fling it into the stands. Absolutely. My first stock up, John, for the Texans, Will Anderson, the, uh, the, the third overall pick to CJ's second overall pick. Uh, I thought Will Anderson showed up today. You know, I, I said on Payne and Pendergast late this week that my worst case scenario for Will Anderson in this game would be if we got to the third quarter and we're going to ourselves. Is 51 out there? Is 50? It wasn't the case. You know, he didn't he didn't pile up a bunch of stats in the first half, but he was disruptive. You could see 51 in there as either as part of a multiplayer havoc situation or starting the havoc and other guys coming in and cleaning it up. I was really happy for him that not only did he get his first sack as a pro, 
but it wasn't one of these ones where somebody sort of walked into it and he happened to be the guy standing there to get the sack. That was Will Anderson's sack. He got up under the pads of the right tackle for the Ravens and was pushed to the ground, got back up, and sacked Lamar Jackson. So I was really happy for Will Anderson. You could tell D'Amico Ryans in the midst of a double-digit loss in the fourth quarter when that sack happened, or third quarter, whenever it was, was really happy for Will Anderson. I thought Anderson acquitted himself pretty well. I think it was a decent enough day for both of the Texans' highly drafted rookies today. He also created the interception because he had Lamar Jackson in his grasp about to bring him down when he put a bad pass that Nelson made a diving interception. You know, I'd say Jonathan Grenard sacked two tackles for losses. He played the run really well. They all played the run well. So I've got my next my next up or tied into Will Anderson v. Grenard. Those two guys, and they 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 did very, very well. Coach has got to be pumped. If uh, Grenard could stay healthy, that him playing opposite Anderson, they can be a gruesome twosome. Do you want that to be your second stock up, or you want another one, John? No, There's a I, couple got another, more. I got another one. Go ahead. A guy that nobody's going to talk about, Jared Patterson. Not one snafu on a snap, whether it's under center or in the shotgun. And uh, he was starting for the first time in place of Juice Scruggs. And every, it was a smooth operation uh, in the shotgun and the center snap. We take those things granted but i'll guarantee you the coaches didn't and he 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 looked really good as as a sixth round pick stepping into that pressure packed role i would say so too it's only one game and juice scruggs is going to be out for at least four jared patterson has all sorts of opportunity here john to acquit himself as part of this offensive line there other than tunsil and shaq mason everything is up for grabs right now on the offensive line you know i don't Juice Scruggs is far from a sacred cow where you automatically hand him the job if Jared Patterson is capable. Both those guys can play left guard. You know, left guard wasn't all that great today. Both those guys can play left guard. You're right, Jared Patterson, he's he's one of the ones – he's almost the opposite of the Will Anderson thing I was talking about. You know what I mean? Like if Will Anderson, if you're going, hey, where's 51? He hasn't been out there. Jared Patterson, I don't think I thought of number 68 all day long. You know, when you're an interior lineman, an interior offensive lineman, you don't want people to think of your number. You usually only show up when bad things are happening. Good point. Yeah. Um, All right. Last one on the uh, stock up front. I'm going to go combo two-headed Robert Woods and Nico Collins. I, you know, neither of them are guys that I think are going to give you what I think maybe Tank Dell can give you, which is, you know, eventually once he matures, uh, a guy who can take it the distance if you get him, you know, with a head of steam or you get him in some open field. Tank Dell is their potentially most explosive player. He was involved today, but not super involved. Three catches. Nico Collins and Robert Woods both had six catches. Nico had six for 80 yards. Robert Woods had six for 57. But during that first drive, that 15-play drive, where they were really sustaining some things, and C.J. Stroud was starting to show he was getting his sea legs under him a little bit, Robert Woods converted three third downs on that drive. So I thought that that C.J. Stroud was able to show some chemistry. Those guys were able to get open for him. A lot of quick-hitting stuff. I'm going to go the uh, law offices of Woods and Collins. LLP uh, as my my second stock up, our fourth stock up. I got a bonus. Okay. What about the guy that provided all the scoring today? Kaimi? 
Yeah, three field goals, three out of three, good kickoff. John, you know you want to give it to Weeks for snapping all three of those field goals. None of that would have been possible if it wasn't for the greatest snapper in NFL history. (laughs) There you go. There it is. So I thought Tammy Fairbairn, all those field goals were right down the middle. If it hadn't been for him, they wouldn't have scored a point. You got that right. You got that right. All right, let's do some stock down, John. Who do you got stocked down for the Texans? I'm going to say the running game overall was so disappointing. And I think Bobby Slowick didn't use it enough. They threw more. They were in the game in the first half. They were in the game for most of the third quarter until D'Amico went forward on fourth down. They scored. I just think the running game has got to improve. you got to give the ball to Damian Pierce more. And there were times where he ran for five yards and four yards. Early on, there were four out of five series where he ran on first down, saw it call passes on second down like clockwork, and then he changed it. But I just think this running game, and Pierce in particular, means so much to this team and needs to take pressure off stride. Maybe help out the uh, offensive lineman because it's easier for them to run block. I think the running game is mine that's stocked down. Okay, well, I'll go. I'll go maybe a subset of that. And that's Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil had some bad penalties in the first half of this game. We're used to Laramie false starting, but he had a bad holding penalty that negated a big gain for the Texans on a third down play in the first half. That sack, if you go back and watch that sack of C.J. Stroud on the first play from scrimmage in the second half, if you go back and watch it, Laramie kind of overruns the play. You know, they're, they're kind of moving from left to right, the offensive line in unison, and he just kind of leaves Matabuike uh, with a free run right at C.J. Stroud. Um, so, you know, without having gone back and watched the whole game, maybe on the other 50 snaps or whatever, Laramie was incredible. Um, but with the offensive line as banged up and as patchwork as it is, Laramie's the highest-paid offensive lineman in football, and I don't think it's a whole lot to expect that he plays fairly mistake-free football. He made some mistakes today, and they were costly mistakes for the Texans. You know, a guy that they made look good today, and he's only been there like less than two weeks, Clowney. Clowney made some big plays. A lot of times they gave him a free path to uh, uh, Stroud. And I don't know if that was by design and Stroud was supposed to get rid of the ball, but he was unblocked. And and I thought about that, and I thought, remember, Mark Berman had a story that Clowney was interested in signing here uh, his past offseason with the Texans weren't interested, and I think he made the right decision to go to Baltimore. My my next one, Sean, are the tight ends. Mm. Let's see. Dalton Schultz had two catches for four yards. That's not why he signed up that $9 million contract to come from Dallas. Tegan Quatoriano had one catch for 11 yards, and he just didn't utilize the tight ends. I thought the tight ends would have been. Now, you can't throw to everybody. I also thought they didn't get the ball to Tank Dell enough. But uh, I just think you've got to have more production out of your tight ends. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. And I, I expect that'll be the case. I, you know, today just seems such so helter skelter with them, John, offensively. But you're right, and you know, then probably nobody's more disappointed than Dalton Schultz himself. He's betting on himself this year, John. He signed a, he could have had a multi-year deal in other places, I think, and I've heard, including Dallas, he decided to bet on himself one year, nine million bucks. So Dalton Schultz, yeah, Dalton Schultz needs to get it in gear, no doubt about it. All right, my last one, John, and this may be mean on me, but I think we need to point this out. So maybe this guy's just getting swept up and pointing out exactly how valuable it turns out Cam Johnston, the punter, is for this football team. Cam Johnston, I don't, I, I don't think it's a reach to say that among players on the Houston Texans, 
he's been the best at his job. Other than John Weeks, who's the most amazing long snapper of all time. Absolutely. Uh, but but Cam Johnston's been a really good punter for this team. I mean, that's the one thing. With a bad team that punts a lot, you could count on Cam Johnston swinging field position. Now, unfortunately, you could count on the defense then giving the field position right back up in previous years. We hope that that changes this year. But poor Ty Zentner, the rookie punter who they brought up from the practice squad today, he ain't no Cam Johnston, John, and it showed on several of those punts. Johnston, the only free agent Nick Casario's given a three-year contract to. He's going to have to miss three more games with a hamstring injury, and he can't return soon enough. Mm, yeah, so there we go. Four stock up, four stock down. We do it after each and every Texans game, right after. We're just hours removed from the Texans losing 25-9. to nine. Um, So, John, we got the Colts, I'm sure, in our next two episodes. We're going to do one on Tuesday and Thursday this week, a reminder our mailbag episode is going to be the Tuesday episode each week during the season now. So if you're listening to this, you got questions about this loss to the Ravens or questions about the upcoming Colts game or anything else in between, mailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com. As far as the other results, real quick, John, from today, any, any of the games today, either in the late window or the early window that jumped out at you as significant or surprising in the results? Ryan Tannehill may have played the worst game of his career, and the Titans only got five field goals, lost by one to uh, at New Orleans. And the Jaguars were behind the Colts, and then they came back and won 31-21. And then the biggest upset to me was Tampa and Minnesota. Everybody thinks Tampa's going to be one of the three or four worst teams along with Arizona and the Texans. And, and, and Arizona played. They, the Cardinals played their tails off. There's a lot of interesting games. I haven't looked at the afternoon games. I only saw the early ones, and I always pay close attention to the AFC South. And right now, it's where it should be, Jacksonville on top. Yeah, as, as I said that in the post-game show. I said, well, the AFC South looks exactly how everyone predicted it. Jacksonville on top and the other three teams fighting for table scraps. But two of those teams play each other next week, and one of them, well, it's like last year, is going to walk out with a victory at NRG Stadium. I've not seen the early lines yet, John, on next week's game. If you had hey, to guess. Hey, one of them might not walk out with a victory. What's what he said, barring unless the same thing oh, happens, what happened last tie, year. Yeah, 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 if there was a tie. You're talking about conservative coaches. Remember, Lovey kicked the extra to tie the game. Yes. Everybody went crazy. I'm pretty sure, based on what we saw from D'Amico in this game, that if it's in that situation – he ain't kicking for the tie. He is not, John. I think we know that D'Amico is going to be significantly more aggressive than the last two coaches. Uh, no line out yet on the Texans and the Colts. What do you, John, uh, we'll play a little game here. What do you expect the betting line to be on that game between the Texans and the Colts next time? I'm Sunday? guessing the Colts are going to be favored by one or two points. And I okay. think the Texans are going to win the game. I've thought it all along. Now that I see the defense, I feel better about them against Anthony Richardson. If you can contain Lamar Jackson, and they did a really good job, and and you, with his experience, then you ought to be able to contain a rookie. How concerned are you about Jalen Petrie in this? It sounds like it's a bruised lung, and he was coughing up blood on the sidelines. Kind of like Deshaun Watson was in 2018. He didn't yep. miss a game, and let me tell you, those Baylor boys are tough. Last year, Petrie was one of like five players that started every game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they need him. They, he was big on those two third downs getting off the field late in the first half, John, with those blitzes. He sure was, and I guess he got hurt on one of them. But he's a tough guy, and if the doctors tell him he 
has a chance to play Sean. You know he will. But I thought MJ Stewart, Javier Thomas forced a fumble. Stewart recovered. Eric Murray, I thought those guys did a good job. Veteran safeties as backup. You know, Jimmy Ward can play after sitting this one out because they got enough injuries. They don't need any more injuries because they need everybody all hands on deck if they're going to beat the Colts. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. Well, we're we're going to get you ready for that game throughout the week. We have a mailbag coming up on Tuesday. We want you to send in your questions. Hou mailbag at gmail.com. Twenty five to nine. Again, the final score today. The Ravens beat the Texans in the first game of the D'Amico Ryan's era. Some good things to take from this game, but plenty, plenty, plenty that needs to be cleaned up for week two. And we got you covered all week long with two more episodes leading up to the first home game of the regular season. Hopefully a sellout at NRG Stadium. Uh, hopefully there's nothing to happen today that dampens the people's spirit as far as the Texans. It should be a fun day out at NRG Stadium next Sunday. John, I enjoyed it as always, and I will uh, talk to you on Tuesday on the podcast and Wednesday on Payne and Pendergast. I look forward to it, Sean. Thank you very much. Good stuff. Big thanks to James Jackson, our producer, for getting this podcast out to you. We remind you that if you haven't yet, click the subscribe button so you get it automatically. We always appreciate it when you <clears throat> tell a friend as well. The season is here, so now is the time. We appreciate you giving us a follow and telling folks about the podcast uh, and get that word spread out there. John and I enjoy doing it for you. Uh, hopefully you're enjoying it as much as we uh, enjoying listening to it as much as we're enjoying doing it. So for James Jackson and John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will talk to all of you on Tuesday this week for a mailbag episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Have a great week, everybody.